Women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. Welcome. My name is Esme Lawrence, the host of this podcast, Sprinting to Success. Here's the intro for my guest today. When stress destroyed her health, recovery was dependent on learning how to better cope. As the founder of Connect to Your Calm, she is now on a mission to inspire people to tune in, take charge of their stress levels, and find out what works best for them. My guest today is Cher Brassock. Cher, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. So tell me, I want you to tell me about uh, your upbringing as a child. As a child? Yes. Um, you know what, I had a wonderful upbringing. I, had, uh, I was uh, born and raised in Regina, Saskatchewan, and had a very loving family. I was uh, raised by a, a very strong, uh, independent, hardworking single mom, and I was fortunate enough to have a, quite a large extended family around me. So even though I was an only child, I never ever felt alone. Right, only child. Yes. Right, so what did, what did you learn from your single mom? Oh, what did I, oh, what didn't I learn the lessons? So yeah, some of the lessons that you learned from her. The lessons, you know, I I learned to, you know, to be independent. Um, I learned to find, uh, she was a nurse. She was a nurse for over 40 years and she absolutely loved what she did uh, as a profession. So even from the get-go, and actually I don't think I, I don't think I realized it at the time, but then as you get into adulthood and you think about, you know, what you want to do with your life, I realized that it was really important to find something that you love doing. Because uh, even though nursing is very, very hard work, she definitely loved what she did. Uh, and that was always something that I knew I wanted to find something that I love what to do as well. Oh, awesome. You know, I can relate to you because I was brought up by a single mom and I, I learned the value of hard work because I saw how hard she worked. She had yeah. five of us. And so she didn't, oh, wow. have, to, didn't have time to joke around. She um, was just, <laughs> yeah, she was working two or three jobs and she had a grade eight education, poor from Jamaica. And she mm-hmm. came to Canada and uh, made a better life for us. So I saw the value of hard work. Mm-hmm. So now go back and tell me what were some of the struggles you had in high school? Uh, you know what? I don't think I was unique in high school. Just and you know, it's interesting. I've got uh, two daughters. One who is in high school. One is in junior high. And as I kind of watch them grow up, and it reminds me of a lot of the things that I think every teenage girl goes through in terms of you know trying to figure out you know there's friendship issues, there's challenges with you know figuring out who you are, um, you know what are your talents, what do you like, what do you not like. I just kind of really developing that sense of self and self of confidence, our sense of confidence. Uh, I think because as a you know as a, as a teenage girl, that was something that I. Know I personally struggled with in terms of, you know, who was I and fitting in and, and it wasn't until, you know, much later in life that I think as it happens for most of us, 
right. <laughs> especially for girls to really kind of tune into, you know, who we are uh, and our strengths and just being confident in who we are and not trying to be just like everyone else. You know, that junior high and high school period is such a type of fitting in. You know, you want to be like everyone else. And then, you know, I often joke with my girls saying there's this period of time where you focus so hard with fitting in. And then as an adult, all you want to do is be different. That's right. <laughs> and, so, and so it's a, it's kind of funny how that, how that pendulum swings that way. <laughs> oh, exactly. You know, when in high school, I remember I wanted to be yeah, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I didn't know any different. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. When we know better, we do better, right? <laughs> That's that, definitely. And of course, it's hard to fit in sometimes because you're so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then too, I've you know, learned a lot. There's a big difference between fitting in and belonging. Right. right. And they're two totally different things. And so that's one thing that, you know, as I learn, you know, uh, about things, I'm glad that I have, I have the kind of relationship with my girls that we can talk about these things much earlier uh, so that they can you know, kind of play with them and, and, and figure these things out for themselves. Oh, definitely. So fast forward to you as an adult, what were some of the struggles yes. that you had in your life? Uh, well, you know what, probably the biggest, uh, which kind of actually brought me to where I am today, <laughs> was about 10 years ago, uh, where I wasn't feeling well. Like I just, there was just this period of time where I really, really wasn't feeling well. And it got to the point where, um, like, I really wasn't feeling well. And so I went to my doctor and kind of, you know, walked through with him kind of what was going on. And, uh, and he too was really concerned. Uh, he didn't like, <laughs> thankfully, what he was seeing either. Uh, and then, so what happened was we kind of began this really long Honestly, I think it was probably about over a six month process where I was going to the doctor regularly. I was, you know, getting every kind of blood work and medical test you could think of. I was being referred to specialists, whether it's, you know, a neurologist or an endocrinologist or they're just everyone. Everyone knew that I wasn't well, but no one could put their finger on what was going on. Um, And that in itself is really scary. You know, sometimes having, knowing what you're dealing with is one thing, but when you don't know what you're dealing with, and I had, you know, I had a husband and I had a young family and I was really struggling with being able to uh, enjoy my life and, you know, to kind of do some of the basics that it was, it was a really, it was a really scary, yeah, it was a really scary time in life. Um, And then at the end of that kind of that six months, my family doctor, whom I absolutely adore, he sat me down. He's like, you know what, Cher? Um, I actually, I have no idea what's going on. Like I have done everything that I can think of. Uh, and from a Western medicine point of view, the great news is, is that there's like, there's no disease here. Like I can't, I can't find anything, but I know you're not well. And so he actually encouraged me to start exploring other modalities. Like, right. you know, I can't give you an answer. So where else can you go looking right. for an answer? But what was happening um, in your body? It, I was, oh, I was a mess. I was, I had lost a significant amount of weight. Uh, all of my muscle had kind of disappeared. I had tingling in my, uh, in my legs, in my hands. I was constantly uh, brain fuzzy. I was dizzy all the time. Um, I didn't have an appetite. I couldn't sleep. I had this loud ringing in my ears. Um, I had dangerously low blood pressure. My blood sugars were out of whack. Like everything was just <laughs> out, right. of, uh, out of whack. And so then at the end of that six months after my doctor said, okay, you got to got to look for somewhere else. We've got to find your answer somewhere else. Uh, I had a very good friend say, have you ever considered naturopath medicine? And I hadn't at that point. I'm like, what's a naturopath? Uh, and so she introduced me to hers. And after one really thorough, one very lengthy appointment with her, she said, you know, a lot of what's going on here uh, can be caused by uh, chronic high levels of cortisol. Hmm. And as you Stress. know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, what, what do you mean? Um, I mean, yes, I had 
a busy life, just like everybody else did, you know, and yes, definitely kind of that immediate health crisis was very stressful, but I'm like, no one else is like this. And so I kind of went through those phases of, you know, I was angry and then I was in denial and, <laughs> uh, but then she was the first person, you know, that really gave me a potential answer. Uh, to what was going on and then when I met with her again and we started kind of talking about you know what is stress and how your body reacts to stress not only from a neurological point of view but from a biological point of view um, I was like okay maybe that's what this is <laughs> so what what is stress what is well you know what's interesting is and actually in my years of doing this is that I've learned that that term like being stressed out because we I mean how many times a day do you hear that stressed out for everything I'm stressed I'm, out I'm stressed I'm, out I'm so busy <laughs> right like we live in this culture of busy that's right <laughs> and we live in this culture of stress and I sometimes I don't know if we know what we're doing to ourselves even by saying that Right. Over and over and over again. And so it really is for me, uh, I learned because it's a very personal thing, right? And people use the term to mean different things. That's right. After kind of reflection for me, the biggest source of stress in my life was the pace of my life. So that go, go, you know, you're a young mom, right? You got two kids and you've got just, you got kids, you got yourself, you got your husband, you got your family, you got your job, you got laundry, you got, and just kind of that go, 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 do, do, do kind right. of lifestyle that I had been juggling, living. Juggling everything, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so for me, uh, and yes, just like everybody else, you know, kind of in the, I'd say like the five years prior to that, you know, we had, um, you know, I had a, I had a baby, we had relocated cities. Uh, unfortunately, uh, both of my husband's, uh, both of his parents passed away. So I mean, there was lots of, you know, stressful events, coupled with the pace of life that I was choosing to live. Uh, and I was like, okay, it's stress. <laughs> <laughs> I accept it now. <laughs> and, it, and it's killing me. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so then when I started to learn about it, you know, and, and the, you know, um, address it first from like a biological point of view, uh, and then also from a, a mental point of view, because it all starts up here. In the head. I had That's no right. idea. I had no idea. Uh, then things started to shift and things started to change. And, and I remember, I remember specifically, and I can still hear my naturopath's voice, you know, in my head sometimes where she's like, the biggest thing is like, I'd say, Kind of once I started really just drastically changing kind of my lifestyle in terms of, you know, nutrition and mindfulness practices and what I ate and protecting my sleep. And it was about a year. But then after a year, I probably felt better than I had in 10 years. Like it, wow. I just, I felt amazing. Uh, and she said, the danger is, is now that you're feeling good, is that people are like, oh, well, I'm feeling good. And they can kind of go back. To where they started because you're right. like I'm feeling good so you kind of get back into go 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 do do doing and that really active full life that you have right uh, and so she was always be careful now that you're feeling good don't forget what you've learned <laughs> that's right you got to keep it up right you got to keep Absolutely. up whatever is, is making you feel good keep yes. it up because you're right once you feel good it's like okay I'll go back to what I was doing before yes. which was killing you so yes. now it's just to change direction, change your lifestyle. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and so now how do you um, improve other people's lives by addressing what, from the standpoint of what you learned in your mm. life? Well, so it was so kind of like fast forward, I'd say, oh, fast forward 
So kind of I started to feel well and then fast forward, I'd say about three or four years uh, and my eldest daughter. So, you know, my youngest starts school, my girls start, you know, they're in school, they start experiencing, you know, kind of, you know, stress and anxiety and worry at their level. Cause once you start school, all those emotions kind of start to happen. That's right. It happens and, to the young people too. Oh, absolutely. It does. Yep, absolutely. And so what I started to do was just kind of little by little is introducing them to some of the, the tools and techniques uh, that I learned along the way. And then it was when my eldest was, she had started junior high and she said to me, she came home probably about a couple months into it. And she's like, you know, mom, you know, that stuff that you kind of teach us about stress at home. And I said, yeah. Did you know that not a lot of people know that? <laughs> that stuff? <laughs> and I said, oh, and then we had a really great conversation about kind of like what they do learn. And they do learn lots of great kind of fundamental things uh, in terms of, you know, health class of, you know, how to take care of yourself. And they, they do, they learn a lot of great things. Uh, but I thought it was really sweet that she's like, but the stuff that I know, no one else knows. And she's like, I think you should teach it in schools. And I was like, wow. Really? And it's interesting because it's kind of was an idea. Like I felt after going through as with many of us, right, you go through this really tough experience in life, you learn a ton from it. Uh, you just want to share it with people so right. that if others are in the same place as you are, or if they're struggling and wondering like, where do I go from here? I felt like I had, I had learned so much, like things that I had no idea even existed. Uh, and so I met at that time with kind of the guidance counselor and some of the, you know, the principals that I had some relationships with and said, Hey, so I've got this idea. What do you think? And was met with nothing but resounding support. And so about a year later, it took me about a year to kind of, you know, think about it, research it, document it. I started off actually delivering workshops on stress management in schools. So I was working directly with students. Uh, and because, you know, especially here where we are, right, if there's one thing that we're hearing more and more and more in the media, it's just about how, how stressed out students are. There's right. so many pressures and so many expectations with, you know, school and home and social media. And, and uh, so I started working directly with students. And then it was about a couple, and honestly, it was maybe a couple weeks later, I had a principal approach me and said, hey, you know that stuff that you teach the students, it applies to anyone, right? And I said, yeah. Like, could you do a session for my staff? Teachers, school support, administrators, nice. right? Because they get stressed out too. <laughs> of course they do, right? Everybody does. Everybody That's does. Right. That's the thing is we all do. We all uh, do. But the, but the most important thing is that we have tools to cope with it, right? That is the, it's, we should never beat ourselves up over feeling worried or anxious or overwhelmed. Those are just natural natural human emotions. Right. Um, in fact, like psychologists, they want us to know there's no such thing as good or bad emotions. And some people are like, what, what do you mean? There's no such thing as bad emotions. I'm like, there aren't sure. Some don't feel good, <laughs> right? Like some don't feel comfortable, but in terms of being, uh, the only thing we're guilty of is, you know, when we're feeling stressed or overwhelmed or anxious, we're, it's just we're human. So it's stopping tuning in, right? right. Paying attention to what we're feeling. Uh, and then turning off those stress responses and addressing that um, as soon as we can and not just waiting, you know, to the end of the day to de-stress because if we wait to the end of the day, it's too late. So how, how do you teach people to turn off those emotions that's coming at them? Yeah. And so, you know, what's interesting is that it's more about being comfortable with, actually the key is, is it's not, it's not about turning off the emotion. Actually, it's about like leaning into it. 
and tuning into, okay, what's going on right now? What am I feeling? Is this like, am I worried? Am I anxious? Am I stressed out? Or, or, and even if you can't name it, um, in our really busy life and our very busy culture, we don't, sometimes we don't make the time to tune in. Right? We just we, we wake up in the morning and we start our day and we go all day and we do right. things all day and then we go to bed at night and then we wake up the next day uh, and we don't, lots of times we haven't built in that time to stop and actually tune in and observe, like, how am I feeling right now? Uh, and it's, it's really important that we, as humans, we start making that practice because the more and more we tune in, then we'll either know, yeah, I'm okay, right? And then you can carry on. But more importantly, when you tune in and you stop and go, okay, what's going on here? Like I've got this tight feeling in my chest or like I'm not, uh, like, am I worried? Am I, it's to address it in that moment. So it's important to know how stress makes you feel. And when you feel the emotions coming, that's how you can address it. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually there's, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Dr. Alicia Goldstein. He's a PhD. He's like the founder of the center for mindfulness. Uh, and he actually encourages everybody to every day, making sure that we are stopping. And the S stands for stop. The T stands for take a deep breath. Um, O is observe, like tune in. How are you feeling? And then the P stands for proceed. So if after we've stopped and we've kind of tuned in, we're feeling good, then, you know, carry on as usual. But as I highlighted earlier, right, if you notice in that moment that you are overwhelmed, if you're stressed or if you're just, you're feeling like, and you're right, you have to stop and tune in. Like what, you know, for me, I carried all on my chest. There's a certain tightness in my chest. And when I notice it, I'm like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> hmm, time I've to got breathe. one daughter. Yeah. Some people carry it in their shoulders, yes. right? Some people carry it in their hands. Yes. Uh, and it's just stopping and being aware of that, right? Tuning in as opposed to tuning out. So what what is the number one a piece of advice would you give someone to reduce stress? To reduce stress. You know what? It, my number one, actually, my number one piece of advice is to don't wait till the end of the day. Lots of us, we have strategies like in the workshops that I do and I work within, you know, within education. Um, I also work, you know, in organizations, education and in the workshops that I do. That's my kind of my number one thing is, you know, we talk first, we start and we talk about, okay, what are those sources of stress in your life? Right. And it's, it's wide and it's varied. Right. And then the second question is, so how do you cope with that right now? You know, you That's come right. home at the end of the day, you've had, you know, you've had a really busy, you've had an overwhelmed day. What do you do? Uh, and there's tons of answers. You know, it's you exercise, you watch TV, you talk to a friend, um, you maybe have a glass of wine, you know, whatever it is. Uh, they're healthy, right? Ways to de-stress at the end of the day. But because of what happens in our brains and our bodies when those fight or flight responses get triggered, if we're only doing it at the end of the day, it's too late. Right. Uh, because we want to be able to turn, um, sort of acknowledge them, but more importantly, kind of turn them off as soon as possible because that's, cause that's where I got myself in trouble. Right. Because right. when your body is constantly being flooded with cortisol and adrenaline, which is what just naturally happens in our bodies when we're worried or anxious or stressed out or overwhelmed, um, that those chemicals were only, our bodies weren't designed to have that much cortisol and adrenaline in our bodies on a constant ongoing basis. Right. It's like a tiger chasing you the whole day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. 
right? And it's, um, you know, and, the, and the, the parts of our body, like the adrenal glands, right, which are kind of one of our master hormone centers in our body in terms of regulating, like it helps regulate your blood sugars, your hormones, your heart rate, your, your metabolism, your sleep, like everything. So if we're overworking those poor little adrenal glands constantly, eventually they wear out. Right. And then if that center wears out, then no wonder uh, people don't feel well when they're super stressed out. Exactly. And then they end up on having all the symptoms like you did. Yes, right. absolutely. So tell absolutely. me, what were some of the results with the students after working with you on stress management? What did you mm -hmm. see? What did they change? Well, you know what? A lot of the times, the feedback that I get, so when I was first working with the students, you know, it was really interesting because um, they don't know me. And a lot of times, kind of that first session work, sometimes I do like one hour sessions, sometimes I do more than that. Uh, and in that first session, lots of times they would be quite reserved, right? Because here's this strange woman coming in and getting me to talk about my feelings. Right. <laughs> like, hey, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you about it. But what That's was interesting right. is that when we opened up, um, and I find this even when I work with adults, right, in the workplace, when people, um, when they're so they feel safe and they're open to kind of talking about that wide range of emotions in a workshop environment what happens is that people start to realize that they're not alone uh, and this is especially important with uh you know i mean as adults maybe we conceptually we know this but to be in a workshop and hear people really openly talk about the fact that they do get really stressed out uh, and especially in a school environment when kids go that person gets stressed yeah, that person gets stressed. Um, because, you know, in I don't know, I mean, I don't I don't know why I'm sure, you know, psychologists and sociologists are studying this right now. But there's just this, um, unfortunately, especially in schools, I think among students, no one wants to admit that they're not okay. That's no one. Nobody wants to be different. Yes, exactly. <laughs> as we, talk, right. as we, we talked about earlier in school, you want to be just like everybody else. And yes. so when you in, have them in a workshop mm -hmm. and they realize even some of the jocks say, he's stressed, she's stressed. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. alone. So I can, I can talk about this now because uh, I have Absolutely. company to yes, share. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, and whether, regardless of how old you are, you know, whether you're a student or you're, you know, on social media, right. all we get all day are these images of perfection. That's right. Happy and things are going good. Oh. And <laughs> here's my perfect vacation pictures. Yes, oh. yeah, I know. Exactly. Oh. It's and the false. worst thing is, yeah, <laughs> is that, you know, I find too that people like they compare themselves on when they're not having a good day on their inside. Right. And then they compare themselves to someone who's having an awesome day from the outside. Right. And then you look and kind of that gap can be like, oh. Yeah, what, like, whoa, like whoa, whoa is me. Look, look yes. at Mary Ann, you know, she went to yes. Jamaica on vacation and look at me, I can't afford a vacation. So they, yes. whoa is me and they get that, yes. that depression and then all the stress hormones are just flooding their bodies. Absolutely. And I think too, there's real power in, um, because I, because this was something that I went through, I actually, I made an assumption and you know what happens when we make assumptions. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> is, uh, is I thought, I didn't realize that because I had studied this so hard, I learned about how also how our brain works when we're under stress and it explained so much for me. Uh, and especially in some of the other consulting that I do uh, with another organization, uh, working a lot in like corporate organizations is to help people understand too, from even like a neurological point of view, what happens in our brains when the stress responses happen, um, it, like it turns off what, uh, 
can I introduce you to your brain for a moment? Would you <laughs> yes. like to learn? All right. So for those of you that are listening, if you want to take your hand and just kind of hold it up for a moment, if you imagine kind of your forearm, uh, that's like, that's like your spinal cord. And at the base of your hand here, that's your brain. And if you fold your thumb over your palm, so that part represents your amygdala. Right. And so that's the part of our brain that helps us when the tiger's chasing us. Right. right. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, we are in Run. danger. Right. <laughs> Run. Right. And so we need that. Right. We need that part of our brain because it helps us survive. Right. And then if we take kind of our fingers and then we fold them over our thumb right behind our fingers here, that's the part that sits right here. It's called our prefrontal cortex. And so that's the part of our brain that helps us with all of our executive functioning. Right. So making good choices, thinking things through evaluating alternatives. So all of that executive functioning. But what happens is that when something kind of triggers a stress response in us and the amygdala gets the message, this part of our brain actually flips. Like we flip our lids. That's why in like moments of anger or overwhelm, sometimes we say something that we don't mean. Because yes. we flipped our lids. That's why if, um, you know, if at work, if you're feeling stressed out and you're like, oh, like I can't even think straight, it's because the part of your brain that helps you think straight um, goes offline and we can't access it. Right. And the parts of our brain that help us with memory, uh, with learning, uh, with regulating our emotions, all of those parts go offline too. Because at this point in time, as far as our brain is concerned, we are in danger. The tiger is chasing us. I don't have time to think about anything else. <laughs> right. And so, you know, so in, in, the, in the case of schools, like when I'm working with students, I, we talk about how, like, there's a reason why if you're really stressed out in exams, that you could be in that position where you're like, I know, I know the answer, but I can't, like, I can't think of it. Like, I can't find it. It's because that part of your brain is shut down. Uh, it's why in, you know, in business or corporate environments where when we make a decision, when we are really stressed out or overwhelmed, there's a very good chance we're making a different decision than if we were in a place where we were feeling calm right because certain parts of your brain shut down and so it's just really about i like i really like giving people information in terms of understanding how this works uh, and then the most important part is knowing how these things work and then how easy it is to turn it off and to help our brain come back online and how to you know stop those chemi chemical processes so that we can deal with the emotions that we feel and cope with them you know throughout the day whether it's nine o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon right. we don't need to just wait till the end of the day exactly i like that when you, you say deal with your stress when it comes when you feel it yes. when it comes deal with it don't wait till the, till the end of the day because the end of the day you're going to explode <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, you come home and that's why you feel so like totally depleted and maybe you come home and yeah, you know, you're, you're cranky at your family just because you're are, you know, you're kind of getting it all out. And, and uh, yeah, most people don't like doing that. Um, so these are all, you know, just help people understand why that happens. And while this is, this is an explanation for why these things happen, uh, we shouldn't use them as excuses. Right? Exactly. Because, because we can change. Right. We oh can yeah. Change. Anybody can change. Yep. So Cher, how do you manage your stress? Oh, good one. Well, you know what? I, for me, honestly, it's uh, having a regular, uh, like a deep breathing practice. For me, breathing is the one technique that works really, really well for me. Um, and I've practiced and played with a variety of different, you know, breathing, like deep breathing techniques. And because when it comes to this stuff, it's not just one size fits all. You know, there's so many different ways that we can uh, address and kind of turn off those stress responses. Uh, and in the workshops that I do, actually, that's what I introduce to people is these are like, these are a whole bunch of things that I have learned, but it's up to you to figure out, practice them and use them, but figure out what works for you. 
because what works for me is going to be different than what works for you. Right. Uh, and so we have to practice. So for me, it's uh, my breath. I've learned how to deep breathe. <laughs> I have consistently <laughs> on a daily basis, I do deep breathing. Uh, so that kind of has helped me kind of reprogram my stress levels. Uh, and so for me, breathing is the key. And then also being mindful is being really careful to what goes on in my mind and the thoughts that I choose to listen to, because that's where it all starts. The thoughts that you choose to listen to. I love that because I mean, we we have millions of thoughts coming in our brains all the time, just coming, coming, and you have to choose what you're going to listen to. Yes. I love that. So the average person has between 50 and 70,000 thoughts a day. 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot yes. of thoughts. That is a lot of thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so you, and you if, have to make sure you choose the right one. <laughs> absolutely. Because if you think of it, like think of yourself, I mean, I know this for myself. Um, when I first kind of started kind of tuning into that is how many of those thoughts are always positive and helpful? Would a majority of the thoughts be positive and helpful? For most people, a lot of them aren't, right? Because we are so hard on ourselves. We are so judgmental. We are so critical. We are, (laughs) yeah, and just to, so the key is just to kind of tune in. Okay, well, what am I thinking about? Because if right now in this moment, if I'm feeling worried, well, guess what? It's because I'm thinking worried thoughts, right? right? And it's so there's that kind of that direct one-to-one connection because then once we tune in and we realize that our thoughts are just things that we have, Right. They're just, they, they will come and go, but when we start to pay attention to a particular thought and then start to really think about a thought, right, then it kind of, like what you focus on grows. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so if you start thinking about a worried thought and then you start thinking more thoughts like that and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right. then eventually the emotional reaction you have to that is going to be much bigger. So it's, it's just learning that, yeah, paying attention, what am I thinking about, um, which ones do I want to listen to? Uh, because just because we think it doesn't mean it's true. Right. right. Definitely. When I'm stressed out, I say this to myself over and over. This too shall pass. Yes. Because it's oh. only temporary. Absolutely. So yeah. it keeps saying that, you know, okay, it's going to pass. What's, mm-hmm. what's the first thing I need to get rid of this stress? And, and you know, yes. I like what you said, stop and, and manage the stress now. Yes, don't, absolutely. Don't wait. So share, what would you like to share with our audience today? Uh, what would I like, you know what, I, what I'd like to share is probably the biggest message uh, today is to really think about uh, that don't just wait till the end of the day and really encouraging people to get into a habit and a practice of making a couple of times a day to stop and tune in. How am I feeling in this moment? Uh, and having ways, whether it's you know breathing, whether it's some sort of mindfulness practice, whether it's acupressure, whether it's uh, journaling or just writing it down, going, just having ways that throughout the day, regardless of what time of the day it is, is that we can, first of all, tune in, observe what we're feeling. If we're feeling great, awesome, carry on with your day. If however, if you're not, then kind of addressing that in that moment. And I think the more, just like anything else, right, the more we practice kind of getting into uh, a new habit and a new routine, it does take time. So we have to be very kind with ourselves <laughs> and realize yes. that in, in some cases, right, like I know at the point that I started doing this, I was changing 40 years of patterns, like a 40 years of behavioral patterns. So it does take time. And it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> happen overnight. No. So it might take, uh, you know, a week or two or three before you really start to notice a significant difference. Uh, but I believe we're worth it. 
our health is worth it, our mental health is worth it. And then once the beautiful thing is that once you've established a new routine or a new pattern or a new habit, then once we've established that, then that's going to be our new way of being. I Great didn't advice. A Great much, advice. A much healthier way of being. Yeah. A new way of being. And that's what we're all looking for when we're stressed out to make sure we turn to something that's positive, a new way to um, give ourselves um, tools to succeed in this yeah. life because stress is always gonna be there. It's yes. how we react to stress. Yeah. So my doctor, you know, and it, it's a kind of a widely known kind of Western medical practice is they often say, if we can, if as human beings, if we can do some sort of deep breathing for 20 minutes a day, that will significantly improve our physical and our mental health. So 20 minutes. Now, for some people, they're like, 20 minutes? <laughs> like, some days I forget to have lunch. So when, you know, I think lots of times there's this, this image of, you know, sitting with your legs crossed and doing, you know, some sort of yogic breathing for 20 minutes, which, you know what, for some people that works for them, and that is fantastic. Uh, and there's some days where I can. There's some days where I can sit on the couch for 20 minutes and do just some sort of deep breathing, but that is not the norm. Uh, but what I didn't know is that to have those, those health benefits is it doesn't have to be 20 minutes at a time. It can be five minutes in the morning. It can be, you know, as you're going to work right. that day, it can be while you're making lunch or having supper. It can right. be, so even if we can kind of build in, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, two minutes here, overall through the course of the day, guaranteed, every single one of us can find. And if 20 minutes just feels like too much to start, then start with 10. I love that. Just break it up. Yep, break it absolutely. up. Absolutely. Come miss here, there, and all of a sudden you have 10 minutes and you go home and you're not so stressed out. <laughs> yeah. And you'll feel so good and then you'll want to do it more. Right. right. So it's, yeah, start small. It's those small, consistent actions that we do on a daily basis that make more of an impact than, you know, doing 20 minutes, you know, once a month. So right. I always kind of focus on the small, incremental, doable steps that make oh, the I biggest love change. Love that. So Shara, thank you so much. It was oh, awesome thank conversation. Thank you so much. Yes, I love being here. Thank you for giving me the chance to connect with yourself and also all your, your great audience. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success podcast. To learn more about Shara, go to esmelawrence.com. Thank you and have an amazing day. This is Cher Brassic, and I help people connect to their calm and I'm sprinting to success with Esme Lawrence. Yes. Yes, Cher. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to esmelawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.